You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Now, before we start this episode, we have an, an exciting announcement to make. We talked about this last week, but uh, this podcast is now part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. For more information, go to bigheadsmedia.com. In addition to joining their new and growing selection of college football podcasts, they will be selling merchandise with our new Husker CuzCast logo on it, such as t-shirts and sweatshirts. By the way, big thanks to Connor Russell for creating that logo for us. Great work. All right, guys, uh, here we go. Uh, The BTN's big show was in Lincoln on Monday. Derek, do you still get excited for this when they come to town? I, I do. I, I think it's cool that they do this. Uh, you know, it, it was awesome to hear Jerry, Jerry DiNardo backtrack on his words. And, you know, he sat here and talked about Nebraska being overhyped and this and that. And then he couldn't see him practice. He's like, whoa, wait, these guys might be real. Hold on. So to hear him backtrack is always kind of funny. Uh, I, I think it's kind of cool because they get more access than, than our media does. So we get, I think we learn a lot more from what they see than what our media sees. You know, our media gets a whole 30 minutes of practice where they're sitting there for almost a whole practice. So I, I, I think with this staff, I think it's going to be even better with the, with the Big Ten media than it is just our media. Tyler, what about you? What do you think about it? Well, you know, they were talking about it in the coverage. You know, the difference between them and, like, our local media is they're only around once a year. And, you know, it's always that thing when we – you know, every once in a while we have the situation where you don't see someone for a while and you get there and it's like, man, you've changed. And they really get to take that in. And they talked about the physicality and the way this lineup looks. And it's completely different than it did this time last year. So uh, that, it is really cool to see. And I do enjoy watching the coverage. And it was really cool that day. It was like all Husker Day. So, like, I got like 14 hours of content from the big 10 network yeah i just pretty much left it on that channel that whole evening that it was on it's like okay no need to turn to anything else i was kind of i don't know maybe maybe it's because the novelty has worn off a little bit but i found myself not as excited for this episode for some reason you know a lot of the stuff that you hear the coaches and players saying you've been hearing that all fall or you know you've heard it in the spring so there wasn't a lot of new information, and I guess I don't know what I was expecting out of it. It was cool to see him practice, but you know that that was cool. But just some of the interviews, it was like you know I've heard this interview. Just it was a question asked by somebody else. I don't know. Is, is that, am I too cynical there, Tyler? You're Tyler? too cynical. Yeah, I guess I don't know, but yeah, I don't get this. I when did you become I this don't guy? Know, man. I, I really hate it. What Mike I, Riley what ruined I, Justin. He ruined Nebraska football and he ruined Justin. It's all Mike Riley's fault. Do you guys just want your cousin back? I don't know. I tell you what, I felt like that uh, I got more out of the practice nuggets today. Uh, you know, we found out a little bit more about the running back and wide receiver groups. It was interesting, I thought, uh, when they're talking about the running backs, Maurice Washington, Diedrich Mills, Ramir Johnson, and a guy that we haven't heard from in a while, Wyatt Missouri. He's back in the mix. Derek, what did you think about that? I, you know, it's great. Uh, I, this was uh, a little bit of coach speak. You know, I think he was kind of – he even mentioned Brody Belt too, which we heard all about. We heard about him all spring. Right. And I don't see him doing much. 
Uh, I don't know if the order that he put these names out were supposed to mean anything. Of course, his staff never really lets you know that. So, you know, I mean, he was third on if if it was a depth chart he was putting out, he would have been third on the depth chart ahead of Ramir Johnson. So, I mean, I would be I, to me that would mean he's getting a lot of playing time. Uh, I think it'd be cool to see the guy get some playing time. I want to see. I want to see all four of those guys. Ramirez Johnson, Washington, and Dedrick Mills in Missouri. I want to see all four of those guys. I hope, hope all four of those guys can be successful in this offense this year. Tyler, any thoughts on the running backs? Well, I, I disagree. I mean, Derek, I, I yeah. If Ramirez Johnson plays, I want him to be successful. I don't think we're going to see him. I, I mean, you you might see him a couple games. I don't see him getting four. I don't even think he'll hit the four games. He's keeping his red shirt. I think it's pretty clear right now that Wyatt Missouri is going to be the third guy. I think I I kind of suspected that's where it was going to land. Um, you know, especially with Maurice, unless Maurice Washington or Dedrick Mill gets injured or suspended or something. But between those two guys and uh, Wandell Robinson, what they looked at him in the backfield, I think you're going to look at Ramir Johnson probably holding on to that red shirt. You know, they also did talk a little bit about Ronald Tompkins, and he is in pads, and I. I I swear I tried to look this up. I heard like a week ago they like ruled him out. Like one of the coaches said he is not playing. And then Ryan Held today said they haven't completely ruled him out for the year. Again, I think that's coach week. I think him and Ramir Johnson will be redshirting this season. So this may be too early to ask here. Is Jalen Bradley, is he a transfer candidate here next year, you think? He might he might he might Tristan Jebbia this thing and do it next week. <laughs> I hope. And you guys, are you guys going to crush him like Jebbia too? Yes. Monday is Tristan Jebbia transfer day. <laughs> Let it go, man. National, go. National screw your team over day. <laughs> God, let Ta- it go. Let Ta- it go. What yeah. What do you think about Jalen Bradley? Yeah, I don't think he's going to transfer. Um, is he gonna? It obviously doesn't sound like he's gonna play either. I, I mean, I, where's he gonna go? I mean, Jebbia was a high recruit. Jalen Bradley wasn't. He's a Nebraska kid. I think he'll be. I think he'll stay. Okay, let's switch it over to the wide receiver groups. Uh, with what uh, Troy Walters was talking about, anything uh, to add there, Tyler? Well, they talked about a couple guys that are making the decision difficult um, for who's going to be the people that are playing and. You know, the two names that were throughout were Mike Williams and Javion McQuitty. And I think Mike Williams, to me, wasn't much of a shock. I, I kind of expected him to play. He's a senior. I didn't think he was going to start. I still don't. But McQuitty was definitely becoming an afterthought. And, you know, Justin, you had a comment that the guy seems like he's a senior. And he's still a sophomore. So whether, you know, he barely gets rotation, but the fact that his name's being brought up makes me feel pretty good about the future because. You can always use a good six, you know, good tall wide receiver. And, you know, and it sounds like, you know, the quote unquote splash plays he's been making. I mean, that that's nice to hear. Derek. Well, he also mentioned Jerron Woodyard. Uh, he didn't have a lot to say about him, but he was mentioned in that same group of, of players making it tough for these young kids to get playing time. Uh the thing with Mike Williams, I mean, it was, was pretty well known, but it, it was the blocking. It wasn't his playing. It was his blocking that was keeping him out of games last year. And it sounds like he's put a lot of work into it, and it really sounds like they're pretty impressed with how much he's worked at it and done a lot better with it. Javon McQuitty, uh, 
I, I'm, I'm at a crossroads with this guy. I, I want to believe everything they're saying because, man, the kid's – he was a four-star athlete coming out of Missouri two years ago or going on three years ago, I guess. Either way, I mean, the kid sounded like – he had such great potential. You hate to see it just waste away sitting on a bench. So – but I, I don't know. I, I, I can't just go in full bore because we did this last – what was it, last spring – the first spring Frost was here, we were like, oh, man, that Javon McQuitty's going to be really good. Oh, yeah, then we yeah. never seen him the whole year last year. Uh, I, I know we battled some injuries again last year, but, again, can he stay healthy? I mean, that's going to well, be another question for him. Well, I, I got to throw one more thing in there. And very Probably the most interesting thing is the comment that Walters made about playing up to six wide receivers a game. And I, I think it's what the quote was, up to six, and – you know, you start to doing, seven. Yeah. Okay, you start doing the math on that. And, you know, you go obviously Cade Warner's gonna play, Noah's gonna play, Spielman's gonna play, Robinson is gonna play, you would assume. I mean, and then if you go down the next three, if it's next three are McQuitty, uh uh Woodard and Williams, you know whose name I didn't hear there is Andre Hunt. And he was kind of that guy coming out of the spring. A lot of us kind of had going into that second team. Um, and also didn't include Darian Chase, who had made bigger names. It's just it's a little shocking, I guess, to hear that number. I would have thought we'd play more wide receivers than six or seven. He he did say maybe eight. But, you know, he did not mention Cade Warner's name when all of these wide receivers were being brought up. And I thought that was interesting only because that's the guy that last week – I had pegged as our number two wide receiver in terms of receiving yards. So when I didn't hear his name, I was like, wait a second, what's going on here? I, I thought he did mention Andre Hunt. And, I think he uh, did. He, he, he also yeah. mentioned uh, Darian Chase. And, press conference today. Uh, Demarion Houston. But, but, he, that, but when he brought them yeah. up, he was kind of talking about the guys that were getting hard to get on the field because the veterans were stepping up. But I think for I some reason, he, he kind of mentioned Hunt in there with the veterans, which I don't really ever think as a redshirt freshman as a veteran. I guess if, well, you know, if they're veterans in the program for one year, you know, the coaching staff. So I guess if you've been there since the beginning, you're a veteran. Maybe that's the new terminology here, I guess. Uh, Keeping it wide receiver. Did you see the, uh, the little nugget there with Jack Stoll? Oh, is he going to be the new Tanner farmer? (laughs) That was my first thought. You know, claiming we're going to score fifty to sixty points a game, I, I like I like it. I don't I, see yeah. it happening though. Like I love if we, if we can get up to thirty five to thirty eight points a game, I would be ecstatic. But fifty sixty that's absurd. Like you're playing so, national, you're probably playing a national title game if you're scoring fifty to sixty points a game. So let me ask you guys this because I went I had to look this up. When's the last time that we scored over sixty points? Oh, it's been a long, long, long time. Yes, it has. Tyler, do you have a guess? I mean, the, the, I, I, I'm going to throw out, it, it, was it uh, one of the Taylor Martinez teams? No, I don't think we ever scored 60 with him, did we? We, we scored 73 against Idaho State in 2012. 2012, okay. I thought it was a lot longer than that. I don't remember. I, don't, I guess I don't remember that game. Probably wasn't that eventful. I think we won like seventy three to seven or seventy three ten or something. But yeah, I don't I don't really recall that game. Maybe the yeah, but 
Yeah. I'm really hoping that's what we do to but, South Alabama you know, I, this year. Well, yeah. I, I tell you what. Now, that is probably the one game where we could see, you know, 50, 60 points it, uh, against South Alabama. And when, when you're talking in terms of those numbers right there, I love the optimism. You know, that, that's great to think that you can score that against anybody. But, you know, remember this this scoring explosion part two in 2013 with Taylor Martinez coming back and, you know, how how, how much they were going to light it up. I think that... But that's different. It is, it is. But, you know, ultimately, you know, they only scored like over 50... Oh, shoot, I don't even have it in yeah, front of me anymore. Let's not forget but... Taylor Martinez was hurt that whole season. Yeah. I, was like, I, I, if, I if, get it. If, if Adrian gets hurt, I think people are be like, yeah, we're not scoring 50 points a game anymore. I mean... I don't, you know, that was the other thing Jerry Denardo brought up that I was really impressed with was he talked about our quarterback depth and he started talking about how we may be more deep at, and quarterback than anybody else in the West, maybe even in the conference. As good as Federal and uh, McCaffrey looked. He didn't mention Bunchy much, but I don't think anybody ever expected him to do that. But, you know, he's talking about us looking three deep, like any, any one of these three quarterbacks could run this offense. So. That's good. Well, and as as the the I guess the president of the McCaffrey hype train, I think before we saw Adrian, I made a comment that McCaffrey could unseat Adrian, which obviously that looks stupid. I love that I could still be right on McCaffrey being an absolute stud, especially considering he wasn't overly impressive in that spring game throwing the ball. So, um, yeah, I, I love the optimism there. Yeah. Uh, something else that happened on Monday is the AP, they released their top 25. Uh, Nebraska was 24th in this poll. Now, we weren't ranked in the coaches, but 24th. And you saw a lot being said on social media about whether Nebraska was worthy or not and a lot of bickering back and forth. Tyler, what do you think about this 24 ranking? Well, you know, I, I think it goes along with the hype. I mean, this is the first time we've made the top 25 since 2014. So, I mean, I think it's a big deal for Nebraska to have this type of expectations because, honestly, we haven't had any. Um, Is it warranted? I mean, I I think it is. I mean, this is not last year's final rankings. This is a new season, and this is only based on projections. And there's almost every media outlet sees Nebraska as some sort of factor. I mean, we were still behind Wisconsin. I mean, it's not like we were dominating the West, but it, it I think it's warranted considering where the hype is across the country on this. Derek, what do you think about this ranking? I, I tend to agree. Uh, and look, you talk about us not being ranked in the coaches' poll, but let's not forget we were like six points away from being number 25. So it wasn't like we were far off from being ranked in that one, too. Uh you know, here's my thing. Tyler kind of said this. You know, are, are we looking at what we did last year or are we looking at what we're projected to do this year? Because a lot of the media is projecting an 8-9 win team. And if that's the case, and that to me, yes, that's a top 25 team. Uh, now, if you want to kind of collect that and put it with last year, I, I get where Scott Frost is coming from and saying, hey, we need to earn it. And he's probably right on that. And I know, Justin, that's kind of what you feel about it too. Like, but I have no problem being ranked. And proving it still, like, 24 is not the best we can be, I hope. I hope we can get a hell of a lot better. I'm hoping to hit top 10 by the end of the season. Absolutely. And I was shocked that we were ranked a a little bit, not too much, because, you know, the media, they kind of drove this hype train uh, for the most part. 
So I'm not shocked coming in 24th. I think it's really cool uh, to be in a scenario where, hey, Nebraska's actually ranked. And now, you know, when we're reading all these uh, articles on, you know, ESPN or CBS Sports, when they only want to write nuggets on the top 25 teams, we can actually read about Nebraska yeah. here coming up. Because <laughs> it's, it's been terrible over the last couple of years. You, you want to read all these tidbits about top 25 teams, and we're not there. I, I, will, I will say this. I see okay. all these people on Twitter who are not Nebraska fans, most generally speaking, who are complaining about Nebraska being in the top 25. I understand where they're coming from. If I seen a 4-8 and eight team that I didn't know was my like, – I know a lot about Nebraska. I know – Kind of where I think this the direction of this program is going under Scott Frost, uh, but the average fan who's not really a Nebraska fan, he may not know who the players are. He may not know everything. He's just looking at four and eight. And now they're ranked in the top twenty-five. I get where they're coming from. Like, oh yeah, like it makes be sense. Just, I would be, I would be probably upset if I, especially if it was my team that got left out because Nebraska's in there. Yeah, it'd be just like if Kansas showed up at number twenty-five because Les Miles is now coaching at Kansas. <laughs> You'd be like, "What? What the hell?" Only in year two. Oh. Year two. Year two. Yeah, year two is the exception, I suppose. Uh, any other thoughts on the uh, t- top twenty-five, Derek? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought there was a little surprise that maybe an army wasn't in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I still personally think maybe Florida and Texas are maybe a little overranked being top 10 teams. I understand what they did last year, uh, but Texas lost so much. They only got like three returning guys on defense, eight total returners. They got five on offense, three on defense. They, they're replacing a lot. I don't know if they could be a I – don't, I don't know that I would have them as a top 10 team projected, but they – did, They did finish the season at number nine in both polls. Again, it's not what you did last year. It's what you, what you did. I know. I know, but I, I get it. But, you know, it's. I don't think that's too far of a stretch. Now, Army, yeah, that's kind of surprising. I think Army's probably more deserving than Nebraska in the poll, right? Probably. Army's going to have another good year this year. They really are. Didn't you tweet, uh, text me that UCF is the only group of five team in the top 25? If I read it correctly, that's what it looked like to me. And then you got seven top ten or uh, seven teams from the Big Ten in there. Yeah, I, seems to me that we're going to be pretty good in the Big Ten if we if they think we're at that many. We have more than anybody else. Well, that's true. Uh, are you guys get Are you guys ready to get in our conference championship picks? I'm going to take that as a yes, Tyler. Let's uh, let's go to the yeah, ACC. Yeah, you know I think. Um, what is your pick? Sorry. So, you know, I think the obvious pick out of the ACC is definitely going to be Clemson. Um, you know, I think they've been the class of the ACC um, for time. Are we, are we just doing overall conference or are we going to do divisions? How, how are we doing this, Justin? Just your two representatives in to play in the championship game and then the winner. Gotcha. Okay. So, obviously, one of those teams is going to be Clemson. Um, I have them coming out of the Atlantic division. Uh, No doubt about it. I mean, obviously they have Trevor Lawrence coming back, um, who might be the best quarterback in the country. Um, Been recruiting well, no doubts about that. The the Coastal is definitely a little bit tougher for me to pick. To me, it came down to Miami and Virginia Tech. Um, I I will say there with me. At the end of the day, I am a Mark Rick guy. I think he's a good coach. 
I get that their offense wasn't good this year. Tate Martell was supposed to come in and change that. Um, but at, at, at the end of the day, I really think Miami is uh, the team that's probably going to win because of that defense. They were one of the best in the country last year. I, I think they're going to win the Coastal. You know Mark Richt isn't there anymore, right? Nope. Nope, I did not. <laughs> Manny Diaz is there. Manny Diaz Remember, he is left for Tulane. That's from the defensive coordinator spot. And then left. That's, that's right. right. He, he did retire. To go take the he spot. did retire. Wow, I, 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 pull, I won't say I pulled the somebody, but uh, <laughs> I, I pulled the somebody there by that. Wow. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Moving on. <laughs> would, you, would you like to pick a better team now? Yeah, I, I, can I can I change my pick to Root? No, I, I'll still go with Miami. I mean, their their defense was good last year. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I do want to change that. Um, I, I I am gonna change. I'm officially change. I'm gonna go with Virginia Tech then. All right, all right, Derek. It is is uh, what's his face still there? Is is that another coach I could talk about retiring? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Tyler, you're right. You can't go against Clemson. Uh, there's just nobody in the Atlantic that can compete with Clemson. I don't think there's anybody in the ACC that's going to compete with Clemson. Uh, I, took, I took Virginia in, in the in the coastal though. Uh, Virginia had one of the best D's in the ACC last year. They played really good ball, and they return eight eight of those eleven starters on defense again this year. I think I think Virginia's got a chance to. Really make a name for themselves. I'm not convinced on Miami, uh, especially after watching them against Wisconsin last year where they just sucked. I I, I think Virginia's got a pretty good shot of making that, that game. But Clemson wins it. So I, That is a bold pick right there. That They didn't even appear on my radar. I went with uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, well, Clemson over Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech. They got ten guys coming back on defense. Their defense is just going to be really tough this year. I I couldn't go with Miami for some reason. You know, with Tate Martell not winning the the starting job, when I kind of thought that it was going to be handed to him, and maybe there's some other issues there. I don't. I'm not quite sure about that offense uh, there at Miami. Their defense will be good, but uh, I think it just comes down to that Virginia Tech Miami game, but. Uh, Clemson over. It doesn't matter who Clemson plays. Clemson's going to roll over everybody that they meet this year. So, uh, Clemson. All right, Tyler, Big 12. Yeah. Um, you know, the Big 12, I got Oklahoma versus TCU in the conference title. Um, you know, I, I think Oklahoma bringing in Jalen Hurts with the eight returning starters on defense, they're going to be the best team in the Big 12. You know, TCU is kind of that team I'm going to go with over Texas. But, um, I again, I think this is a conference runaway. I think Oklahoma is going to run away with the conference. Derek? Well, it depends if they can play defense, I think. Uh, I, you're probably right. I think Jalen Hurts would probably be okay. I, he... I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oklahoma will be just fine. He'll probably be a Heisman finalist by the time it's all said and done. Uh, so yeah, I do have Oklahoma in there. I, I got Matt Campbell and Iowa State in there with them. Uh, look, they they return most of their starters. They have a favorable schedule. Their only tough road game is at Oklahoma, which you don't necessarily have to win that game. You get TCU, Texas, 
and Oklahoma State all at home. Uh, I think their schedule sets up good. I think they got good players. They got Brock Purdy coming back, who's a damn good quarterback last year. Uh, I got I got Oklahoma State edging out Iowa State in the in the game, but I definitely I think Iowa State could definitely make a name for themselves getting that title game. Yep. Hey, I agree with you one hundred percent, Derek. Uh, I have Oklahoma beating Iowa State in uh, the title game. Uh, you know what's interesting? Looking at Iowa State, uh, they have a you know they're returning eight on offense and eight on defense, and on offense they're still really young. There's like I think I counted six, uh, five or six guys that are sophomores or freshmen on that offense that uh, that are starting. So I, they're not going to go away. And yeah, yeah, you know they really just on a side note there, they're kind of the same boat as Nebraska, like. You realize Nebraska, depending on who starts at wide receiver this year, could potentially return eleven starters next year. Hundred percent, oh, yeah. And well, assuming JD Spielman doesn't go pro, um, but but let, let me defend uh, TCU. And you're right; they do travel to uh, Iowa State, but they do get Texas at home. And I, I again, I'm still not buying Iowa State and the class of the TCU's Texas. I, I get that they've done a really nice job with Matt Campbell building that program back up. But I, I, I still think they're just a tier below it. I, I think T is still going down to TCU in Texas for the runner up in the big 12 this year. And, and you know what? Until I looked at Texas, I was going to have Texas winning the big 12 before I really did some research. Justin, you and I talked about this the other night and I told you, I said, I might, I might just put Texas in there as the winner, the way they finished last year. Until I seen they only return eight starters on on the whole team, and I'm sitting there going, eh, that's that's yep, a yep. lot to replace. But one of them is Sam Ellinger, and he is probably the best quarterback in that conference. I mean, it's gonna be him or Jalen. Not according to Baker Mayfield. Fair, fair point. I mean, it's, it's a coin flip there, but I mean, he's. He, I, I definitely he, would say Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than him, but Phil still disagrees. That. Phil Stills wrong most of the time. Oh, man. Compared to me, at least. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I'm, I'm excited for the Big 12 uh, schedule. I think there's going to be a lot of good games going to be played in the Big 12, so that that's going to be a lot of fun to me. Let's go to a conference that's not so much fun. Uh, let's talk about the Pac-12. Tyler. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually really, you know, I, I think this is a really down year for the Pac-12. I think there's three teams in the Pac-12 that are even worth talking about, um, and then that's Oregon, uh, Washington, and Utah. But then I got Oregon versus Utah in the championship. I think Justin Herbert is among the best quarterbacks in the country. He doesn't get talked about enough, I think, but I'm really high on Utah this year. I, I think Utah... And we'll we'll get around this in a second, but I I think this is Utah's year. I think they're going to win the Pac-12. Uh, Tyler, did you mean a down decade for the for the Pac-12? Because I mean they've been pretty bad for a while. Uh, you, okay, look. Uh, all jokes aside, look. I wanted to pick Washington to win win the North. They got two starters returning on defense. They're replacing their whole defense, uh, and then they're replacing their quarterback. I could I couldn't go with them. I, I went with Oregon and North. Uh, Tyler, I, I I hear all the hype with Utah. I'm not quite sold. Uh, I I think 
This is going to be crazy. I think old Chip Kelly and UCLA makes a big name for themselves this year. And I got them winning the South. I got Oregon winning the the, the game. But I think Chip Kelly plays, plays his former team in a championship game. Wow. Wow. That would be that would be something huge right there. UCLA coming off a 3-9 and nine season, but they are returning a boatload of dudes. Uh, that, yeah, that, that'll that be interesting. Well, to see I mean, I, I, so I will say UCLA was on my radar. Um, I, I, I Again, I'm so high on Utah that it didn't even get it. And, I mean, the, the thought really never crossed my mind. But that offense was on fire the second half of last year with UCLA. I mean, I think Chip Kelly, similar to Scott Frost, took a little bit while to get going. I mean, you remember Adam McClintock came on our podcast last year and had UCLA as a surprise team. I mean, there's a lot of the infrastructure there that is good. Uh, but again, I I don't just think Utah is the best team in the Pac-12. I mean, they're, they're among the best teams in the country. Yeah, but Adam also said that he missed completely missed he the did. mark on UCLA. Went in 30 games. Uh I have Utah over Oregon. Uh, I wanted to give it to Oregon a little bit, but, man, I'm hearing a lot of stuff about this Utah team. I, and it's just, I, I guess I'm buying into it. Uh, if I buy into it, I guess it'll probably fail. But they, so they, they, they had a, they had win, a but, nine-win record uh, last year. They returned 14 total starters. They returned their starting yeah. quarterback. They had a really good defense last year, and they have seven back on that side of the ball. I mean, I, I think... On a weak conference, and yeah. you look at their schedule. I mean, they have two tough road games at Washington at UC, uh, USC, and I don't think USC is going to be that good. Um, I, I just no, I, I think that their schedule match. They're a lot better than people give them credit for. You talk about Utah returning a lot of players. UCLA yeah. returns nineteen starters, not fourteen, nineteen. Ten on defense and nine on offense. Like they only lost three guys out of starting. Well, they were a three win team last year. Well, yeah, but you, you said it yourself. They finished strong. They finished good on offense. Yeah, it's not like they finished strong. They won what? One game out of their last five? Yeah, and that was at, or maybe at home again. It was against, it was USC. against USC. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, there's the Pac 12 conversation. Let's move on to the SEC. Let's see if we're different this, this time here. Uh, Tyler. I mean, I, this was easily the easiest conference for me to pick. It's Georgia, Alabama. Um, it's going to be Georgia, Alabama. I think for the next couple of years, and I got Georgia winning this year. I, I, it, you know, it's hard to bet against Saban. I think that obviously, I think Alabama is going to be one of the best teams in the country. Um, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Georgia beat, winning the SEC. Derek, all right. Uh, obviously, Bama wins the West because that's the way it is. It's the way it's supposed to be. Their schedule's way too easy. Their toughest non-con game is Duke. I, I'm very disappointed in Alabama and their scheduling uh, again this year, more even more so this year than years past. Usually they at least schedule one decent team. Uh, but, yeah, Bam, Bama runs away with the West, I think. I don't think there's anybody in the West that's going to even come close. Georgia wins the East. But I'll tell you this, I think Florida, as much as I think they're probably a little overrated, I think we'll give them a little run for their money, probably more than people will give them credit, more than Tyler's giving them credit for, I guess. Uh, but but at the end of the day, yes, Georgia probably wins this, wins this division. 
Uh, and, and you're right, Tyler. Georgia wins this game. Alabama doesn't have Jalen Hurts to come in and bat and would come in and save the day anymore. So I, yeah, they. I mean, if it would have been for Jalen Hurts last year, they lose that game, and George and Georgia's in the playoff instead of Alabama. And I, I, I think that's how, I think that's uh, Georgia's Georgia's game to win this year. All right, I, I, I got the same two teams as you, Alabama, Georgia. I don't see any other way that it's any other team than those two in the championship. I have Alabama. I'm not going against uh, Nick Saban. I'm uh, sorry. I will say I had uh, when I was looking at the SEC. I, it wasn't even tough for me, so I kind of looked at like who could be the other team, and and I will tell you, Florida. I have them fourth in the East. Um, I I I think I uh, um I I am not high on the Gators this year. I I could definitely see a scenario of Missouri and Tennessee both being better than them. Uh, Tennessee's returning ten starters on offense. I, 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 I am. I think Florida is the overrated team in the country this year. I'll tell you what, they were ten and three last year. They returned eight starters on defense that only gave up twenty points a game. So when I have a Florida fan telling me that he thinks Miami's a better team, he's really nervous for that game. That that tell when you have a fan that thinks their team's overrated, that tells me all I need to know. Justin tells you Nebraska's overrated all the time. Uh, Justin's fandom's in question right now. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Okay, move to the Big Ten. We've uh, a couple weeks ago we did our Big Ten East and Big Ten West projections, and so we already named our representatives. But who do you have winning the Big Ten, Tanner? Well, so I guess to refresh people's memory, I have Ohio State and Nebraska playing in the Big Ten championship. And guys, this is a tough game. I, I went back and forth because I I think Ohio State's good enough to beat Nebraska at home. You know, so if I think that can happen, then why would I pick uh, you know Nebraska then? But I go and say, you going into that game, they will have a game against Michigan, and that that could really mess with their heads. Um, and it's hard to beat the same team twice. But what I ultimately come down to is I think if Ohio State beats Michigan, Nebraska could take them. But I think Michigan gets over Ohio State this year. Um, and I think that kind of causes Ohio State to come in a little bit focused and looking for revenge. Derek. Well, I had, I had Michigan and Nebraska playing in the thing. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's the same boat as I said with Ohio State. I just don't think we're quite there yet. I don't. I don't think we can probably beat Michigan. And I have them losing. I'm kind of in the same boat as Tyler here. Like I have them losing to Ohio State. So I think they're going to come in with a little bit of a vengeance. I think they're going to be pissed off they didn't have their perfect season, and uh, they're probably going to be looking for blood. And I, I just don't know if we have the athletes to quite keep up with them yet. I have Michigan. Over Iowa. Boo. Uh, again, yeah, it's a big boo. I just don't see Nebraska. I think we're still a year away from making that uh, the championship game. I give it to Iowa this year, and I think Michigan, they get a dream matchup against Iowa. And I think Michigan wipes the floor with Iowa. So that brings us to our playoff picks. Tyler, who are your four teams that will be in the playoff? 
Well, I got I got Georgia um, and Clemson as the top two seeds. I, I got Utah as my third seed. I think they have a real shot to go undefeated this year. Um, and I'll be honest, guys, I went back and forth. Um, I, I think it's going to be between Bama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. And I, is, I, I don't believe this. I don't want this to happen. But until the committee shows that they're willing to keep Alabama out and penalize them for having a cakewalk of a schedule, I, I think they're going to keep putting them in. And I think there is a loss is going to be in that SEC title game. I, I think the committee is going to do the thing that none of us want to see, and they're going to put Bama in the playoffs again. So, who, so okay, so, so say again I your four G- teams. Georgia, Clemson, Utah, Alabama. I got two SEC teams. So do you see Alabama jumping uh, an, an undefeated Oklahoma or undefeated? Uh, well, you probably don't have, you don't have an undefeated Big Ten team, do you? I don't have an undefeated Big Ten team, and I, and I don't think Oklahoma is good enough to go undefeated. I think they're probably a one-loss team. Ugh. So I, I think that you're going to see probably a two-loss Ohio State winning the Big Ten. You know, one loss Oklahoma and a one loss Bama, and there's going to be a lot of controversy there. Sounds like it, Derek. I, I my head's exploding right now. You, you got to be batshit crazy if you think they're going to put Bama in there from after losing an SEC title game. I understand everyone goes, yeah, but they put them in, both in there before. But remember, Bama didn't even make the title game. You can't. You you put the loser of a title game in there. You just will get rid of the damn title games. It's just an extra because at that point it's just an extra game for kids to play to risk getting hurt. That's pointless. So, to me, you, they would be stupid to do that. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I have uh, Clemson in my first seed. I have Georgia as my second seed. I have Michigan as my third seed, and I have Oklahoma as my fourth seed. Ooh, okay. Uh, before you get into it, Tyler, let me mention mine. I have Clemson 1, Alabama 2, Michigan 3, and Utah 4. I think Oklahoma gets left out only because I agree with you, Tyler. I don't think they come out of the uh, uh, the Big 12 unscathed. I think they'll have at least one loss in there. Uh, by my calculations, by what I did here, all four of these teams in my top four in the playoffs are going to be undefeated, which it's is not, not going to happen. It's not. But just when I was going through these, I just saw, uh, you know, Utah, they could easily run the table. I already had Michigan running the table in our Big Ten East breakdown. I don't think anybody's going to beat Clemson. And Alabama, I don't think anybody's going to beat them. If if they're going to drop one, it's, it's going to be some – it's – to me, it'll be a fluke. I think all these teams should be favored in every game that they play. I, I, so I, I will agree again. I, I agree with you on the Utah thing. I think they're getting, Alabama has a really good shot to go undefeated in regular season. Guys, do you remember the talk of that Georgia Alabama game last year? You know, Georgia was up going into the fourth quarter, and there was all the talk afterwards. If Alabama had lost that game, they were still getting in. I mean, that that was the talk is that there's nothing that they could have done and I, guys I think it's gonna be Which the was. same story this year I think the difference is Georgia gets them this year um I think the revenge factor all that but I think Bama will be undefeated and I I don't I don't I'm not 
completely convinced that Clemson will go undefeated. Um, I, I know they're a really good team. I just, it, I think it's hard to go undefeated. I, I don't know. To see three teams in the regular season going undefeated is a hard stretch for me. Um, but you know, it's possible. I don't know who you think is going to beat Clemson with their schedule this year, but uh, I'll say this: there's no way I can see four undefeated teams. I, I can't either. But I mean, I'm just looking at them individually, I think individually they have a great shot at and I, I uh, think, going I think undefeated. One, I think a one-loss Oklahoma probably beats out a one-loss Pac-12 team. Probably, but is there is there going to be a one-loss Pac-12 team? Oh, absolutely. I, I I cannot see Utah going undefeated. I can't. And I don't. I don't have Oregon or I don't have Oregon or UCLA in my picks. I don't have either one of them going undefeated. Well, I wouldn't have UCLA going undefeated either. Jesus. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I, I I don't see an undefeated team coming out of Pac-12. I don't see an undefeated team coming out of the out of any conference other than the ACC and maybe the SEC. Well, some of these. Some of these questions are going to be answered, and it's going to be again this weekend because we actually have college football this weekend. Uh, there's uh, two FBS games, uh, Miami against Florida in Orlando and Arizona at Hawaii. Tyler, if you had to pick, who wins that game, Miami or Florida? I'm going to go with Miami. Um, not, now that I have remembered Mark Rick retired, that's going to be based off of, you know, what I'm kind of hearing from a couple people I know, Gator Nation, and the fear that they have, um, I, I I'm going to go with Miami pulling that upset. Derek, I, I had to go with Vegas. You know, Florida's got Philippe Franks coming back. Uh, they're seven and a half point favorites, so they're more than a touchdown favorite. Uh, I don't see a scenario where Florida probably doesn't win this game unless they're just that's even more overrated than I think they are and where Tyler thinks they seem to be. Uh, I, I'm not convinced to a first-year coach and uh, Manny Diaz turns a 7-5 and five team around right away. Uh, I, think the, I think the team that went 10-3 and three last year returns quite a bit on defense and half their offense. I, I'm taking that team over the – team that's returning half their defense and half their offense and struggled last year. I have Florida in a close one. Uh, fortunately, I think we're actually going to get some good football. I think this comes on at 6 o'clock uh, our time Saturday. Should be a really good game, but uh, I got Florida in a close one. If you guys are up, Arizona-Hawaii. Arizona is 11-point favorites in that game. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I, I got Arizona in that game. You know, obviously going to Hawaii is probably not an easy trip. Hopefully the focus, but I, I mean, I I think Arizona's a better team than Hawaii. I got Arizona winning that game. Derek, you're right. Yeah, Arizona's probably going to win this game, but I'll tell you what, it'll be a close game, and I think Hawaii scares them a little bit. But Arizona yeah. probably does win in the end. I tell you what, if we were to start the Let It Ride segment this. This week, I, I'd do the let it ride on Hawaii. Getting 11 points against uh, Arizona. Arizona traveling out there. I love Hawaii in this game. For the spread. Not to win it. For the spread. For the spread yeah, only. I, I, yeah, not to win I, it. I, I'm with you on that. I, I would 
I, I think that the the Schaefer money is gonna go on uh gonna go on Miami. The dogs in the at Vegas this weekend. I do too. I I really do too. Uh, anything else, guys? No. Well, let's get out of all here. right. Let, let's get into last call. Last call to you, Tyler. Well, my last call goes to uh, Nebraska recruiting. Nebraska just brought in a new running back recruit. Uh, C. Morrison, I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, he is a running back from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, he's a three-star running back. And, you know, Ryan Held, man, he just keeps proving himself our recruiting. Uh, just keeps always getting recruits. He's always there pointing them out. Um, Derek? 2,700-plus yards and 35 touchdowns in his junior year. In his junior year, not in his career, in his junior year. I, yeah. I, how this kid's a three-star? You're in Oklahoma. I mean, that's a fairly good size football state. Like, I, it blows me away. He's only a three-star. Uh, I think it's a big get for Nebraska. I think it's a really big get. He's got a huge offer list too. I mean, there's a lot of people that want this kid. A lot of big Power Five schools too. Yeah, I, I think we, I think we got a. A winner right there. And we stole him from Wisconsin, who was pretty interested in him. So yeah, that, tells, that tells you how good of a running back this kid is if Wisconsin's that into him. Sure. All right, last call to you, Derek. All right. So another awards uh, list was uh, brought out today, and the uh, Manning Award. And guess what? Adrian Martinez is on it. However, the Johnny Unitas Award also came out. I think here recently. And for some reason, it just blew me away, but Martinez did not make this list. However, Peyton Manning, or not Peyton Manning, Peyton Ramsey, who we don't even know if he's going to be a starter, is on this list. And it, it just blew me away that he was on there outside and Martinez wasn't. But I guess it is what it is. Yeah, you know, uh, Adrian Martinez, he just keeps racking up the accolades, you know, preseason watch list. I mean, he's he's doing something right. A lot of people have faith in him. Husker Nation has faith in him. His coaches have faith in him. So it's really fun to see him get uh, all this credit. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you completely on everything that you guys just said. Um you know, at the end of the day, I I'm I'm excited for it. I I don't get the Johnny Unitas. I I really don't understand the snub there. All right, last call to me. My last call goes out to the new alternative uniforms that were uh, unveiled this week, uh, featuring the black shirts. It's got a black shirts logo there on the shoulder, uh, black jerseys, white pants. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it looks pretty cool. I, I like them a lot. Uh, the game hasn't been decided, but when you're going to a black shirts inspired theme, I mean, come on, guys. Uh, are, are we there yet on defense to do this? I, I just think that we need to play uh, maybe a team that doesn't have any offensive production, like maybe Northwestern or somebody uh, to get the full effect. Has my cynicism gone too far? Am I being too cynical? No, no I, just, I hear everybody say this, and it drives me nuts. Like, it's a tribute to the black shirts. 
it doesn't. I don't know that it necessarily has to be. This black shirt defense has to be as good as that black shirt defense used to be. It's a tribute to them. Like, so be it. Last year we wore some tributes to the nineteen forty something team. Who cares? It's a tribute. Uh, the, the uniforms look pretty cool, but whatever. I'm tired of the alternate uniforms. Can we just wear red and white? Like, can we just do that? That's it's, it. Looks good. Just leave it alone. I like the alternative uniforms. Tyler, what what do you say? So- my two least favorite takes right now with Nebraska Nation. One is that we need to get rid of the alternative uniforms. I hate it. I, it's cool. The kids get excited about it. God, it's like the get off my lawn to the eighth degree. Secondly, the people that feel that they need to give all these thoughts and analysis on the alternative uniforms. Guys, I've seen good ones. I've seen ugly ones. I remember I, they're fine. The kids always get excited about them. I, I just... Yeah, at the end of the day, I don't really, uh, I don't have a strong opinion on it, but I think they look pretty cool. They do. But, no, you're right. They look cool. I just, I, I think it's a disservice if uh, we go play somebody and the defense gets 38 points hung on them in a black shirt themed uniform. I, I say wear them to, or wear them in the Ohio State game where maybe the spirit of the black shirts actually helps you stop these assholes. <laughs> Come on, spirits. <laughs> Speaking of spirits, you guys need more bourbon? Uh, <laughs> well, I sure do, so let's get on out of here. Uh, great show, guys. Uh, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Our episodes can be found everywhere to include Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigHeadsMedia.com. We appreciate any and all feedback. And don't forget to write us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week for Game Week. And as always, go Big Red.